0: So, you already know what it is, man. This is Tory North coming to you live from the Tory Talk Podcast. And right now, I am located in the small city of, or should I say town, of Ephrata in Washington. The reason why I'm here is because I was on a mission. I was attempting to complete a task. And... Because I was driving a vehicle, which, not my vehicle. Because, you know, I would take care of my vehicle. And make sure I didn't end up in these predicaments. But this is a loaner vehicle that that was given out by a company that I work for. And I just happened to get the short end of the stick because I'm the newest employee working for this company. So I have to take out the oldest, most problematic vehicle that we have. Which is no issue for me because I I grew up from nothing. Meaning, not that I was broke or poor, but just basically not having things so you don't really miss things when it's presented that you never had them. So when it comes to vehicles, I don't care because I've never really put a lot of stock into the type of cars that I drive. It's just transportation. I don't really look too deep into the vehicles. And I know that that's going to come back to bite me in the ass because... In the future I might look as if I'm really into vehicles because there are a couple cars that I do want to get. But needless to say, driving this car, everything's going fine. I made sure that it's full of gas because the gas odometer doesn't fucking or the gas gauge I'm sorry doesn't show you know whether it's accurately full or empty at any given point. So I took care of that. There's a system in place to, to know how much gas is in it. And I took care of that. And I also checked the oil like everybody does in the morning. But what I did not do today, which is probably my fault, is I didn't check to see how the coolant was. Well, lo and behold, I'm about six miles outside of Ephrata. And I start to notice that it gets colder and colder and way, way fucking colder in the vehicle that I'm driving. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's just an old car. Maybe maybe that's all that I that's all that's going on. And then I look behind me and I have this huge cloud of just smoke billowing out of the exhaust of the vehicle. And it literally looks like I am just riding a lightning bolt to this little small town because I'm smashing 70. I don't know when this car is going to stop. So I make it barely into town, thank God there wasn't a sheriff, and I slide right into the actual place where I'm supposed to be at, and right as soon as I slow down enough, the car just decides to to start having an aneurysm and stop. Luckily for me, I park right into a parking spot so I'm not in anybody's way or I didn't have to exert any strength to push the vehicle any further than I needed to. <sighs> so that gave me a lot of time to think. I'm sitting here waiting to get picked up so I can get taken back to my place of work. And you would think, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. You know, you didn't have to work for the time period you sat on your ass. And yeah, you know, that might be true. If I didn't compound that with the feeling of having to take care of more car issues after this car issue was resolved. And let me explain. I recently was having car issues in my re- in my regular day-to-day vehicle. So I parked it at my parents' place and I borrowed one of their cars. And I know, I know. I'm very grateful and very fortunate that I do have my family. And they do live close to me. So they could take care of those kind of situations. But I do have to take care of the situation myself, all in all. So I'm borrowing a vehicle that belongs to my parents. My dad has a body shop. Well, he gives me his loaner vehicle which is the bottom of the totem pole, too, in the same respect. I'm driving this huge fucking van. Like, this van is ju- definitely the parts van, like, if you know what I'm saying. I'm walking up to the van, I start laughing, and then Dad's like, here, here's the keys to the beast. And I just started laughing because he was not fucking playing. That that van is the beast. It, it, it's it been through so much, and somehow, some way, it still manages to work. 100% on a foundational level. So, the basics are taken care of. I, I I skate into work in this fucking big van. It looks like I'm about to barricade, or drive right through a barricade and just Trojan horse it into, I don't know, an insurgents. But, um, so, I'm at work. This happens. I'm over here. It is what time is it right now? Let me see. It's 3.02. or it's three o'clock. So I'm up here waiting. I get off at six o'clock, and now, one of my coworkers is driving twenty minutes out here to come pick me up. We're gonna see if we get the car running, <laughs> and if it if it starts working, then uh, then I'll drive the the shit back. If it doesn't start working, then We're going to push this car somewhere around here where it doesn't get towed. And this is one of our accounts, so I don't know why we we can't just give them a fucking call and say, hey, we're going to leave our car right in front of your business until Monday. You know, we should be able to have that kind of pull, but I don't think we do. And besides, if you leave this car right here over the weekend in this small ass city, I mean, no offense to everybody who lives here, but I'm pretty sure it's boring enough for someone to come and break into this little motherfucking car and take it for what it doesn't have. You start to notice that people will literally start to value shit that are that are just trash garbage items when they're trying to break into a car and steal things that they might find worthy of their intrusion. Um, let me give you an example. I had a friend who broke into somebody's random car at a party at an apartment complex And ended up taking a coloring book, CDs, uh, ibuprofen, and a couple other things. (laughs) And mind you, this was back when we were in high school. But still, I feel ashamed for even knowing these people. The funny thing about it is that somebody at the party came barging back into the party when they were leaving. And said, hey, somebody stole my fucking ibuprofen and my CDs. And they didn't mention anything about a color book. So, I uh, say all that just to say that when people are bored, they will make up their own value system. And that's what happens in Euphredo. No offense to my listeners in Efredo. But But, uh, so, I figured, hey, you know, if we're going to kill some time, let's kill some time and style. So, what I wanted to do is just record a couple of these thoughts that I had in this moment. I'm not currently stressed out about the situation that I'm in because I do have a lot of things that I have to take care of when I get back into the Tri-Cities. Some of the things that I have to take care of are I have to release another podcast episode so that I stay consistent with what I've been doing. That would make that the eighth episode that I've made available in under a month. So that's weighing on my mind. Outside of just that idea, I'm thinking about a new music video that I want to do. I'm thinking, hmm, do... Do I weigh it out as far as a group project and a solo project that I can work from? Do I weigh it as far as balancing goes when I focus primarily on my solo stuff as opposed to a group item? The reason why I say that is because when you, whenever you're working on a group item or a project that's 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 kind of like um, beneficial to multiple brands, like a cross-referencing project. Does it suit you better to work on that in times of um self-reflection? And that's where I'm at right now because I'm going in through a moment where I'm kind of in a funk. I'm kind of reflecting, trying to trying to see how I want to work this year out. I mean, I had an incredible January so far, but it's because it was the the totality of 2020 coming into full force. Um, and I say that because the only musical project that I released outside of just the Lucy tracks that I dropped was Dragon Energy, which came in in the very last minutes of the last quarter of the year. And it was just an EP. But for being an EP, it definitely packed a lot more of an impact, packed an impact, uh, than any other project that I had seen released. Just six songs was enough to stir up. A small community online. So I had that happen. That was my totality of the 2020. And it it really is a metaphor for how I handle 2020. Because as opposed to thinking how the world was closing in on me, I looked at a way of how I could bust out of any kind of confinement. And my answer was Dragon Energy. And uh, time will tell. Time will tell what I was thinking, why I was thinking it, and what came of it as far as results. But as of right now, I'm really happy. We did a music video for the project because I think a project without a music video is an incomplete project. And I dropped the music video in the very beginning of the year for a song called Outside. Shout out to my homie J Skills and my homie G-Loke for that. So as far as the music and the visuals go, the two things that I usually focus on, I had that taken care of. But this year, I wanted to add more to it. Okay. So update real quick. I had to pause the recording just to get back on the recording after I got saved. So one of my coworkers came, took a look at the car, see if there was something we could do. And it looks like we couldn't do anything about it because the radiator had broke. So what we did was we left the car there I got picked up. Drove all the way back to town. And now I have a different Hyundai. See, the the joke is simply going to be that I'm the Hyundai destroyer. Because that will be the third time that a Hyundai broke down on me. And I'm in a Hyundai now. So let's see if we can make it a lucky number four. I'm just playing. But usually there's a Prius available for me to get around. And when I do drive the Prius, that's, you know, we don't usually end up on the side of the road. Actually, we've never or have never done that. So, anyways, I don't even know where I was going with everything because I'm in a whole different mind state now. But let's see. Let's see. Let's pick up right where we were at. Um, so, I guess I was really interested in how I felt considering everything that was going on. Stress should have been what was controlling me and shadowing my my vision, so it didn't seem like I was going to get out of this funk, but tell you what, shout out to the homie Billy Banks. He literally sent me an invite about a couple days ago to the Clubhouse app, and I'm going to tell you what, I really do like the Clubhouse app because my idea of what it was initially, you know, I'm glad I was wrong. Initially, I thought it was just another clout hype thing, but when I joined the app and I started to see how to navigate through it, what it really gave me, because of my interest maybe, um, what it really gave me was like a college vibe, where you show up and you take notes and you try to retain as much information as you can, and it just kind of like those college vibes. Really like that kinda of gave you a free college vibe. Free college. Free college. Okay, see that right there is is definitely something that that I left a bookmark recently for this very reason. I'm gonna tell you what that reason is. Shout out to uh, Ethan from the H3 Podcast. If you're familiar with the podcast world, Ethan is somebody who who's definitely a very notable name in podcast world. Well, he was having a discussion recently on his podcast about the inequality when it comes to the classism in, in America specifically. And he said something that was very interesting and it was so simple that it just baffled me, maybe the way he worded it, that, that really just stuck. It stood with me, it stuck with me. And what he said was, you know what would the great equalizer would be? As if there is an equalizer that would level the playing field out. And he said, so simply, make college free. And I thought to myself, like, that doesn't mean that everything's going to become equal. And you know, rightfully so, we both can be right because there is no light switch that you can flip to take care of something so massive. With just one mechanism. So I I thought about it. I thought to myself, wow, that is really brilliant. Because it really incentivizes those minds who will go further to continue to go further. Because the financial aspect or the financial component of any pathway is what slows you down. Finances are the speed, are almost the, the, the way to gauge the speed of someone's success. So when he said that we could make college free and essentially the benefits that would come from that would trickle in every direction, I said to myself, well, you know what? He's got something right there. So I get on my tirade because the Clubhouse app, I see why it is being evaluated at a $1 billion mark. I see, I see, and I understand. But my question is is it being evaluated at that high of a mark because, let's be very clear on this, I want to be very clear on this, because of how innovating that it could be, or because of the potential of popularity that it could bring? Such a short t- period of time. And the reason why I say these things is because Clubhouse was virtually unknown. Unknown. Like nobody cared, nobody looked into it until the rap industry or the entertainment world in general, just to speak of, um, took notice of it. Rappers, basketball players, people in the cool pop culture world took notice of it. And then it became this huge thing so my question being is this clubhouse app could very well be the meeting of the minds that we all need in order for us to continue to push society forward because this uh, the the way that I was able to enter certain conversations certain rooms there's no way that I would ever be able to do so prior to not in not in these times I mean I was listening to a conversation earlier About a guy who wrote a book That that he needed a whole bunch of brain Chemistry information and research done And then he wrote the book And then he broke it down in layman's terms For someone like me Where I don't necessarily know All the big words that are being thrown at me At At the moment Sometimes I need context Sometimes I need to look up the word and then I get a good understanding of what the author is trying to get by, or the narrator is trying to get passed along. But what the college. <laughs> college. What the Clubhouse app did, it should be called College House, is um, it really got me in the mind state of what it takes to have like fast information coming at you in a fast pace. Um, yes, you need a notebook. Yes, you need a pen, or some sort of another tablet, or something along those lines to take down the information that you're hearing, but the information you're hearing is, is if you're in the right room with the right speaker, is probably the realest thing that you can consume. I think it's brilliant, and I really think that this is a step in the right direction. This is so, this is so many things at once. This is almost like podcasting. Well... Podcasting, the thing that's missing from it is the live aspect, the live component. So you really can get those unfiltered thoughts out. But as you see, there's live podcasts. So in a way, there is a way to fill that void. But what we have with Clubhouse is literally a conversation that's happening in real time that you can tap into. The way that this person is saying it it might be a programmed way that they do in a speech. If they get paid by a college or university to go and do the speech or the seminar. But when they're saying it in that moment, it's just as good as being within arm's reach of that actual speaker. And for that very reason alone, I think the clubhouse is definitely worth a billion dollars. But, there are a whole bunch of... Just because the technology is so accessible, there's so many different interests that can hijack the technology and reduce it to a a least a, a less commodifiable value and i'm gonna be real honest when when people bring sex and certain animalistic inclinations to a platform like clubhouse i feel that the billion dollar evaluation is really too high and let me give you an example there's, there was this, uh, there was a moment a few a few years ago or not years I'm sorry I'm sorry a few a few weeks ago I'm thinking years already but a few weeks ago maybe even a few months ago I'm not too sure because these days kind of do really zip by definitely not two years worth but um, where there was a clubhouse room and there was a bunch of women who were trying to get a man to moan. On some educational type shit. Like, oh, we want to see how you moan. Well, they they tricked the dude into moaning... On the damn Clubhouse app. And it went viral. And it was a lot of people were making fun of it. And it was starting a whole bunch of different conversations. But the conversation that I'm interested in... Is, why do we do this as a people? Where we resort to making things... Hacky. And we do it in hopes of self-gratification and things of that nature, self-indulgence. When we don't use and utilize the tools that we have to change the world. And I'm not trying to be corny and preach to, to people, but being very real right now. The internet, the internet can bring justice to an unjust world. And yet. It's used for scandal, gossip, drama, pornography, indulgence of, of, of the mind, of indulgence of the body, and neglect of the mind. And I don't want to come off as somebody who sounds preachy and, and oh, I'm trying to get you to join my, my church group. And to be honest, I don't, I don't go to church. And I need to be more open-minded to, to religious Ideas, As opposed to just being a spiritual being. But... I think it's so fucking fascinating... How we will definitely put a layer of... Tackiness... On anything that we get our hands on. And use it... For it's value and it's immediate... Face surface... Full surface... Uh, value. And then we'll just toss it in a, in a big pile of heat. So... I get all my tangents, but what I'm basically getting at is this Clubhouse app, it has the right idea. The conversation is what's important. That's the only thing that's important. Yes, the speaker is important, and that's where we kind of start to lean into the whole ego side of things. The speaker is important, but not more important than the content that they are speaking. So, I really do, I really am, I really am happy that I listened to that seminar earlier. A couple things that I took from it was, your brain is really where this all starts. So, if you're having a really bad week, if you're having a really bad month, it might not necessarily be your horoscopes or your astro- astrology and, your star constellations and energies and retrogrades and, and and things of that nature that are that are fully responsible for the way that you feel. And to think about it, that that wouldn't be a world that I wanted to live in if we were controlled simply by things that were out of our control. But what really makes me interested in the whole thought and idea is there are a lot of different things about your brain that you have to keep in mind, no pun intended, when thinking about why you feel the way you do. One of the things is your brain diet. What kind of foods are you eating that can contribute to brain productivity? You know, I was listening to the talk. Avocado was said. Blueberries was said. Walnuts The dude pointed out how walnuts look like a brain and they're really good brain food. Things of that nature. Another thing that they said was really important was sleep. How much sleep do you get? What quality of sleep do you get? Exercise. How often do you work out? Do you work out and when you do, what do you do? You could go down this whole check pile. This whole list of of things. And then you can figure out. Are you feeling the way that you do because of your horoscope? Or because you have some bad habits? And you're allowing your bad habits to mold the new you. That's what we really got to ask ourselves. Because at the end of the day... The only people who are responsible for taking care of ourselves is us. And... In order for you to take charge of your life... You really have to understand... That you are in a position of power... By just being alive You don't ever have to conform To anybody's idea Of truth You are the sole arbiter Of your own future So With that being said This is Tory Talk This is Tory North One look I'm recording Uh. Go back and listen to it Yeah Uh uh we in the building yeah me a lyric yeah. creating lyrics you gotta hear it it's so fantastic uh, one day when I'm talking about when we used to drop them plastic albums out. The shrink wrap, the old tales about when we used to pop trunk. Oh well, everything is digitized. We have to move with the current cause currently no currency is currently coming. If you ain't out there like a youngin, doesn't matter if you're 40 something, you gotta be grinding like you about to Uber eat it. Oh my god, this is defeated. We will be working till the bones come out. Be Cause they wanna put us in zones is out Like Amazon is out Giving out jobs But they give you shot collars If you kid out of line Then you get shocked And then put back on the line I guess that's the new way the slaves walk Oh my god, this is slave talk Cause the rap is really revolutionary If the information can come to you faster Then I guess you might have enough To learn from the bluff And then do your own poker face and stuff and didn't get through the doors I can teach you how to move in a room full of vultures for sure Shout out to Hova This is the way it is when you knock on the door You're not a Jehovah Uh, You bring the truth, you bring the venom I'm like the anaconda that wraps around your whole family tree If you ever try to get into the center I'm the center of attention with your centerfold I've been told that I'm hella cold like I never sold my soul But I never had a soul to begin with, I'm from a black hole This is a rapper that was born in another dimension Oh my god, I don't even need another henchman I could clone myself just so I can control myself That's self-defense I tell you right now, I'm so offensive when it comes to the lyrics Because in the future, revolutionary comes from a lyric this is terrorism. If you think about it, because we're so revolutionary, they they wanna put CIA cars on every corner of every rap show. That's why the feds is taking down assholes left and right, like Six Nine, like the baby. He got arrested last night. This shit is crazy. It's almost as if you're a rapper to try to target you because you probably stand out like you're wearing some Target shoes. Real Whoa. fact. If you. <laughs> Uh. Use that nigga uh. Use all that uh. <laughs> That's that. going off the slate Use, Yeah you need that you Write that <laughs> Write that down you know, <laughs> let me see Use I, that shit That shit's fucking gas bro Let me see if I got something else I wanna see I'm gonna follow it up uh. That shit was called. So I no black hole. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I had to do it. Uh. That shit was what he said when CIA calls on the quarters. He uh. said, so they arresting assholes. <laughs> 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 that shit was so real, bro. Hey, you gotta use that. Uh, you, gotta use that bro. you know what? You're right. Nobody's really going at it like that. That's how we gotta do it. We're futuristic. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're, I'm talking about life issues. You're talking about world issues. <laughs> we're covering the whole basis. We are. We're swarming them. Within a song. Imagine our fan base is getting levitated off of... Bro, they're going to be like, damn, who talks about shit? Like, don't nobody talk about that, nothing like that. I'm telling you. What these niggas care about? She's talking about the lasers. <laughs> this is the lost tapes. Like, that kind of mentality. Like, when you're creating the shit that's going to go in the vault, mm-hmm. you know? I'm not going to jinx this and say this is going in the vault. Because my intentions are to put it out, everything... Like if you allow me to, I'll push the project. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We record it, we get a cover done, we do the whole everything, and then we push it out. I, I got ways. Let's record it. You know what I'm saying? Get We've already faster. got three tracks almost. Yeah. Record it. All we need is three more? I'll send it. I'll send a preview to bro that made the beat. Ask what's up with the beat pack. We already got another one here, beats done And we can do full promotion for him too. Mm-hmm. That way, it's an incentive for him to host Hell us up, yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll put his name on the cover and shit. Girl. We'll make hard copies too. That'd be dope just to be yeah. like, yo, check this out. Where's that shit goes. Uh. That shit goes, bro. Uh. Yeah, yeah. When I was young, I used to watch Bad Boy, Puff Daddy, and Mace. I used to learn a lot. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, I burned a lot. When I got some weed, I used to listen to the locks Then I came through like Jay the Kiss And in my first relationship, I told that little bitch to save that shit I got back up on my grind And before I knew it, my dad threw the car keys at me like Here, take the Acura So I was gone 15 years old I felt like I was strong I pulled up to the club I pulled a bad bitch That one night Cause that was my incentive And it was my fight So I hit the dance floor Like a man whore Ready to do whatever Just to get whatever's better And whatever was clever I got a bad bitch Then I took it back to my car And established A little A little Communication with her and every other word left her ready for us to disturb the peace in public. That's for sure. She showed me her private and I was ready for work. I took it to the back seat, turned her to an athlete the way I stretched her out like a track meet. She's like, Oh my god, I never did so much work in the back seat. And that's no. what it was. I smashed her once and then I passed her to cuz. But that was back before we could even think of a Me Too movement. So we ain't talking about no uh, <laughs> no crazy shit Bro, that happened. Yeah. We had to do this and that from the bobbing and weaving and jabbing. Like Mayweather came through. What happened? Oh my God, you caught the Cupid arrow like a javelin. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, body bagging. Uh, that's how you got to do it on a beat like this. Hell yeah. You can watch my hands. Yeah, yeah. Woo.